I want to just uh, uh, just pick up just from where I left off last last Sunday. Uh, it was about a, de- a defining moment in uh, Israel's journey. They come out from a place of slavery, and there was a defining moment in their lives where this particular moment literally has transformed them, and they still uh, this, this instruction that the Lord gave to them still uh, blesses them as a nation today. And it comes, and it is simply this word. Let them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell in them. Interesting word. It says, let them build a tangible building that I may dwell in them. He's not saying that I may dwell in it. It says that I may dwell amongst them. My heart, more than anything else in the world, is that my heart, our home, and our collective church family would be a place where the presence of God makes his home. Not just visits from time to time, but this place would be a place that every person, when they walked into this place, when we come and worship collectively, when we meet in our soul groups, when we meet together in our various activities, that the presence of God would abide. My heart also is that the presence of God would abide in your marriages, in your places of work, in your families, that in every aspect of your life, the presence of God would make his home there. And it's not beyond the reach of anybody. That's, that was the original intent that God had in making mankind, that we would have fellowship, that we would have not just a visit once every, every now and again, but actually he would make his home in our lives, in our midst. There's a story in the Bible of Obed-Edom, and when the Ark of the Covenant came back, they had nowhere else to put it, so he said, let the ark come and stay at my house. I'll make a place for it. The ark represented the presence of God. And so when Obed-Edom opened up his home and made room in his home for the presence of God, his whole household was blessed and his extended household was blessed. There was something about having the presence of God inside of your life. It doesn't mean that you're not going to have conflict. It does mean this, though, that even though in the midst of your conflict in the midst of your pressures, there'll be something central in there that will be the presence of God. And as long as the presence of God abides in our lives and we're aware of his presence, everything's going to be okay. And my heart is this, that every person here, you would experience the presence of God making his, you'd experience God making his, your heart his home. So the question is, for me, why build a sanctuary in the first place? <laughs> If God, God says, he said to Moses, let them build me a dwelling or let, me, let them build me a home, a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. And one of the things we brought out last week is the very idea that anybody can make a tangible home for an infinite presence. <laughs> it seems weird. It seems kind of crazy. It's hard to get your head around. But nonetheless, there must have been a reason why God said to build it in the first place. If he wanted to make us his home, if he wanted to make among us his home, why build a sanctuary? Why build a church in the first place? Why don't we just stay in our tents and just have our own little thing at home? <laughs> but there was something more. There was, a, there was a much bigger purpose that God had in his people, the people of God coming together and building something tangible. There is something about building something tangible together that binds people's hearts, that brings out the best, sometimes also the worst in people. But nonetheless, it's the working together, building something tangible, builds something in our life. So I started, to, I started to look at why, I mean, God doesn't live in buildings. He lives in builders. Interesting, when I started to look at this, the whole command that God gave to the people of Israel simply happened immediately after they started built, they built a golden calf. So if you look at what happened there, that the presence of God was up on a mountain and Moses went up on the mountain to encounter the presence of God and the people were down on the plains. And because they relied heavily on Moses to access the presence of God, when Moses wasn't there, when Moses was up on the mountain, the people got a little lost, a little lost down on the plains. And so one of the things that they did, interesting they did, was they... They decided to make a golden calf. And in making a golden calf, the amount of gold that came out of people's pockets was phenomenal. The amount of gold that people gave 
to something that was completely false, that would give them no love, that would give them no hope. It was just a symbol. People gave. People just... You look at the world today, people still give extraordinarily amounts of gold and resources in their hearts and their affection. They don't just give their gold, they give their everything to things that never, ever speak to them, never, ever satisfy their soul. Actually, they just become an idol and they just open up their life to demons. The amount of money people spend and waste on false gods is phenomenal. And it never took much of of an effort to get it out of them. They just gave. There was no pull. There was, there was hardly any pull. They just gave. And it's amazing when you see how much people give of their, their, their creativity, their love, their affection, and their resources to things that are just trivial and things that are, are demonically inspired. Yet the house of the Lord can go largely, un, can get like getting blood out of a rock. Interesting that this is why God said to Moses, let them build me a sanctuary that I may dwell in, amongst them. The word dwell means, uh, it comes from the word mishkan, which means a sanctuary. And it also comes from the word shekinah, which means the divine presence. In other words, he's saying, let them build me a place that I may dwell among them. In other words, what he's saying is that I want to live amongst them. I want to dwell amongst them. I want Instead of it just being about you and me, Moses, I want the relationship between the whole family. And I want to dwell in the nation. I want the nation to be my home. I want the people to be my home. Interesting that I started to look at is that never before prior to this had this word been used in connection with God. There's only a handful of people in the Bible that had that kind of relationship with God. There was a few of the patriarchs and matriarchs. They, their relationship with God was that of a friend, friendship level. Moses was a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. But the rest of the people, there was a disconnection. That was a result of sin. But actually it was God's intention to change the relationship. And maybe you're here today. I want, I want to encourage you right now that God does not want to just dwell in the pastor's house or in some prophet's house. Sure he does. But just as much as he wants to dwell in their house, he wants to dwell amongst us as people here today. He wants, doesn't matter whether you are, don't know the Lord, doesn't matter this is your first time of church, doesn't matter where you are in your life. It doesn't really matter. The intent of God still remains the same. His intention and his desire is that he would abide in your home and in your heart. And so this is something com completely new. And I understand this, that even today, people find it really quite crazy that the presence of God wants to make us, God wants to bring his presence and make our hearts his home. You look at how religion is in the world today. It's all through the priest, all through. The, no, no, Jesus did away with all that. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, every person has access to the throne of God. Every person has access to the presence of God. My job is to help you. I'm not more special than any one of you are. The issue is this, is that if you in your heart would make room for the presence of God, he will come. His desire is the same as it was back then. It's the same back in the Garden of Eden. It's the same today as that he wants to make our lives. He wants to have an intimate relationship with us. Day by day, not just every Sunday or not just at Easter time or Christmas time. It's the plan, it's the heart of God that we have a, a relationship with us all the time. It says this, the word says that I may dwell among them. When you look at the, the, the Hebrew word for among them, that is the same word that is used in, in, uh, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, where, it say, where we're referring to the tree of life in the middle of the garden. So if you look at the, 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 uh, the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden was a place where there was no sin, where there was a, uh, the presence of God abode everywhere. And right in the middle of that garden was a tree, and that tree of life brought life to all the garden. So when, you, when, when, we, see this, when we see that scripture of uh, that I may dwell among them, in other words, he's saying that the, the, the image or the, the journey of creation, he wants to do that again, not just in that sense, but in our lives. And just in the same way as the presence of God abide in the, in the, in the Garden of Eden, he wants, to make his, he wants to make our hearts and his, 
in our homes, his home. It's interesting that uh, Israelites had never experienced to that, that point there. So the, the, the question I come back to is this, how is it that we get to experience the presence of God? How is it that we can get our lives? How is it that we can experience his presence in our lives on a daily basis? Because I don't know about you, but it's one thing to experience the, the presence of God in a place like this. When we all come together, we attend the music up, the beautiful singers and the handsome keyboardists there just start singing away and sing some pretty cool songs and lift their hands and you can feel the presence. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, it's good to feel it in a, in a conference. I don't know, but if you've ever stood at the Hooker Falls and just watched as the water flew over, I stood there with Prophet Tamara and we were like, oh man, we can just feel the presence of God. I could just stay here all day. It's easy to experience the presence of God on the mountain. It's easy to experience the presence of God in places that are highlighted, you know, in church experiences. But what about where the people found, where the people went astray? How is it that we get to feel the presence of God on the plains? Because the reality is that most of us live a large proportion of our life on the plains. We have mountain experiences, we have experiences, we have places that we can come to, and we can experience the presence of God in just such cool ways. But how do we get it where on the Monday to Friday, when we're doing the mahi, when we're doing the work, how is it that we can experience the presence? What's another way that we can experience the presence of God when we're living our life on the plains? Not when we're surrounded by great prophets, not when we're surrounded by all these wonderful things, but how is it that you can experience the presence of God in our day-to-day -day life? And that's, for me, one of the main things I'd love, to, uh, my, my hardest to have, that, that the presence of God will not just abide in church services on a Sunday, that the presence of God will not just be strong when a prophet comes in, that, but the presence of God would abide strongly in my life when I've got grumpy kids, when... Yeah. <laughs> Where the presence of God will be strong where I'm meeting somebody at the checkout, when I'm doing my mahi, when we're doing the week, doing the work during the week. How is it that I can experience and have the presence of God make his home in my life in those places? Because the reality is that's where most of us live. After this closes, we'll all go home and you'll have pressures of work. You have pressures of kids, you'll have pressures of all sorts of things. And it's in those planes actually that our hearts can start to get led astray. But that's also the very place that God wants to dwell. He wanted to come down from the mountain, out from the service, and make his presence felt in our places of work. Yes! So how is it that we do that? And interesting, the Bible says here, uh, just to open up, our, open up our Bibles to Exodus chapter 35. Exodus chapter 35. And verse 4, and it says, Moses said to the congregation of the, of, of, the, of the Israelites, this is what the Lord commands. Take from among you, or take up among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing and a generous heart. Somebody say generous. Yes. Let them bring the Lord's offering, gold, silver, and bronze. And it goes on to saying a whole pile of other different objects. And then in, in verse in, chapter, in Genesis chapter 36, in verse 4, uh, and from, sorry, verse 3, and they received from Moses all the freewill offerings which the Israelites had brought for doing the work of the sanctuary and to prepare it for service. And they continued to bring him freewill offerings every morning. In other words, there was such a shift inside of their heart that it wasn't just one offering that they took up, but something shifted inside of their heart that every morning, somebody say every morning, not just on Sundays, but every morning, people would come and bring offerings for the building of the work of the house. You've got to think about it. That's a pastor's dream. <laughs> I've been in church services where the pastor's up there pulling the best tricks he can out of the Word of God. <laughs> come on, you can give more. You can. You know, he didn't do anything. That Moses just said, let them come. In other words, we're going to build a place for the presence of God to abide. And that was about it. 
And then the hearts of the people were so moved that they gave a free will offering. In other words, there was no limit. There was, if it was $2, if it was $100, it was $100,000, a million dollars. It doesn't, it just would, however the Spirit moved inside of their lives. That's how much they gave. And they gave all sorts. They, people came with, uh, with skills, people came with gold, people came with jewelry, people gave with wood, people gave with every single gifting possible. Some gave their skills, some gave their time, some gave their, uh, they, they just gave as the, Spirit, as the Spirit led. And they continued to give free will offerings every morning. And then all the wise and able men who were doing the work on the sanctuary came, every man from the work that he was doing. In other words, people were working over there People were working in their trade. People were working in their occupation. But as well as working on their occupation, they also came and gave their labor and gave their time to build the house of the Lord. Gee, I remember. I see all this carpet down here? I helped lay most of that. I've been in every, every corner of the building. I've been there with the rats. I've been there with the spiders. I've been there with the dust. Every, why? Why do all that sort of stuff? Why go in the places where there's spiders? Why, go in, why do that sort of stuff? Simply this, because I want this place to be, as I give my skills, if I gave my finances, if I gave every that this place would be a place that you could come and experience the presence of God and have your life changed forever. And he goes on to say, and they said to Moses, check this out, they said, and they said to Moses, the people bring much more than enough. Somebody say, more than enough. More than enough. <laughs> 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 more than enough. <laughs> they said to present, in other words, the, the, the church leaders said, uh, people have brought so much, more than enough to do the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses commanded, and it was proclaimed in all the camp. Let no man, I mean, what pastor ever, ever says this? I have never, ever heard a pastor in my life say these words, ever. I can't even imagine myself saying them, but anyway, that's what the, he says. So the, so the Moses commandment was proclaimed all through the church and all through the community. Let no man or any other woman do anything more for the sanctuary or offering. So the people were restrained from giving. What do you think of that? Have you ever heard of a pastor say, stop giving, that's just way too much. You just take that home. No. But yet such were the hearts of people stirred that people gave free will like that. Some of you are wondering, where's Pastor Dave going with this? But my, when I started to read this, I thought, actually, it was never about, I mean, as much as the, the, the artifacts of the tabernacle symbolize so many things, and it's not for today, but the fact is, people gave willingly. People's hearts shifted from being slaves, from being giving to idolatry, to giving generously to build the house of the Lord. What they gave at that day there today still rings in the world today. The impact of their giving still is alive in the world today 5,000 years later. One of the best ways to encounter the presence of God is to give. What I'm, what I'm trying to, what I'm building here is this. My heart is that we would be a church, we'd be a people that would be families, people that carry the presence of God. And we can see how we can become carriers of the presence of God. One is through building. He abides in builders. Two, he abides, and the scripture says, he abides in the praises of his people. He makes his home in the praises of his people. So when we give him praise together, when we give him praise individually, he makes his home 
in that place. But also, and I believe probably more so is this, is that he makes his home in people who give. In other words, it's the generous heart or the generous spirit is where the Lord wants to make his home. Yes, we can pray, we can fast for 40 days. But I believe this, it is of the generous heart and of the generous spirit that the Lord wants to make his home. We can see this. One of the best ways to encounter the presence of the Lord is through generosity. The very act of giving flows from and leads to the understanding that what we give is part of what we are given. It is a way of giving thanks and is an act of gratitude. Now the Bible says that it's come into, the, into his courts with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, when we give up praise, when we, praise is an expression of, of, of generosity. Hospitality is an expression of generosity. Tithing is an expression of generosity. Words of encouragement are an expression of generosity. Making time in your life to run a home group or a connect group is an expression of generosity. Finding somebody who's a struggling in life, that just needs a help, that just needs a bit of food, that needs a job, that needs, I know people who are, who are employers. Some are, I, I know people even in this place who are employers that they've created the job so that people can have a living. Yeah, that's a spirit of generosity. Yeah. God wants to abide in your place of business. It doesn't really matter what you tangibly have or don't have, but it's a generous heart, it's a generous spirit is what draws the presence of God. I wonder how generous we are with our words or how critical we are. When people are critical with their words, ask yourself this question. It doesn't matter whether your words are factually true or not. It really doesn't matter. The point is, the manner in which we speak, we should ask ourselves this. Is this conducive to the Holy Spirit, the presence of God wanting to make his home? We could all find something to criticize about, I can tell you that. Every one of us, including me. But when we criticize, that is not making a home for the Lord. But when we open up our heart, when we invite somebody in for dinner, when we make space in our life, when we make room in our relationship, when we make room in our weekly schedule, when we make room in our business to, to, to give time to building the house of the Lord, when we make room in our finances to, to give a free will offering, Ah, and the presence of God comes. When we give honor, the presence of God comes. I've got a situation that I've got to deal with soon and a most tragic situation. And the instruction I was being given is do not bring anything religious or anything about God into the situation. I said, okay. Well, that's a good trick. <laughs> but actually having words of honor and words of, um, words of affection for people, the presence of God will fill that room. I can tell you now when I do it. I don't need to preach at anyone for the presence of God to come. Isn't that right, Pastor Mike? Sometimes we use words, sometimes we just give people a hug. Sometimes we buy somebody a, a help pay them off a visa card or help do this or help do that. And it's, that's when the presence of God comes. It's where we see this in the book of Acts chapter, in chapter 2 and verse 3 that when the Spirit of the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, one of the things the Bible says is this. Can we bring it up on the screen there? Acts chapter 2, verse 3. Uh, let's carry on a bit more. Uh, doesn't, uh, no, it's down a little bit further. It doesn't matter. But the Bible says that this, that where the Holy Spirit came and the church as we know it today was birthed, People just gave willingly. There was nobody in the Christian community that was in need. People sold their possessions. People gave willingly. People looked out for one another. People, when the Holy Spirit comes, there's a spirit of generosity. The spirit of generosity hosts the presence of God. Remember I preached a little while ago about Abraham, that Abraham 
was have, the Lord appeared to Abraham. He's having an encounter about to give him a revelation. And right in the middle of that revelation he was about to receive, he had a little sneaky peek over there, and he saw strangers coming over. And he said to God, God, hold that thought. There's people I need to welcome into my life. No? And then he comes back to the Lord and says, he goes, Lord, please don't pass me by until I've showed kindness over here. In other words, why is Abraham such an amazing figure? He placed generosity of heart, hospitality, over giving a prophetic word or giving a... <laughs> Having the presence of God abide in their hearts and abide in this place is more than just the amazing deep prayers that we can pray. They're all good, but more so is our generosity of heart, our generosity of spirit. One, towards the people around us, towards our own family, towards the people who are around us, maybe atheists or maybe just unkind people. You can show kindness to them. But one way also too is that we can come and that we can sow into the house of the Lord here. I'm gonna tell you this, many people's lives have been touched by the presence of God that was that that um, uh, that lingers in this place, people drive past and they stop and think, "I need to come into that place and experience the presence." What you are feeling when you're moved is the presence of God touching your life. My heart is to this that we can expand that. One of the things I want to do, what we felt in my heart, is to is to keep the place, but expand the wall out and develop out the back area so we can have a have a place for young people, not just to entertainment, but so they could come. I want to see hundreds of people out the back here, playing, interacting, but creating opportunities for us to be able to touch their lives and to be able to bring hope and to bring Uffy, be able to Uffy them in. I want to be able to create better space. I want to be able to develop the space. It's no good that the, we want to be able to redo the carpet and be able to redo, not just the fact that it's unnecessary spending, but actually as we give together, as we come, together we sow and to build this house, that the presence of God would dwell amongst us. My heart more than anything, it's what I give my life for. It's worth every cent. It's worth forsaking a large salary for just to be here, just to give you the opportunity that you could have the presence of God abiding in your home. It's worth more than anything. The Lord takes care of everything else, doesn't he, Dad? Yeah. He brings it to us. These things shall be added. Why don't you come and join me up here? Come on, let's ask what. One of the things about the New Testament church was this, was that they came and they brought their offerings and laid it at the feet of the apostles. And today we want to take up a, an offering. Uh, and you may have come prepared today, but even as the, Bible, even as the, uh, the people of God were saying, they just gave every morning. You may feel actually, oh, just give a little bit now and I'll give a little bit every morning or a little every, every week or I'll give some now and some later or maybe just some later on. Whatever you do, whatever you choose in your heart is entirely up to you. But they came and they, they, they gave to the work of the Lord and what they gave has touched people's lives for thousands of generations. And I believe what we give into this place, the giving of our hearts, the giving of our, our time, the giving of our, our skills, the giving of our finances, this place becomes a place that touches not only our community, but touches the nations of the world as well. Wonderful. Well, I feel like I've stepped uh, into the past. <laughs> we got off a plane and come here, and we're looking at the 1920s. <laughs> I just, I loved your message and uh, loved the spirit of it. The heart of God is generosity. And uh, we read... Uh, just hold the bags with me. We, we read of... Hmm? We read of uh, King David that uh, his heart was set on the house of God. And he said he led the giving. And they gave generously. And uh, he spoke out, uh, who is this God that we serve? For everything we give, we've given of what he gave us first. And uh, then he blessed the people and, and they rejoiced. Jesus, the same way it says of him, he sa it says of him, the zeal of my father's house has consumed me. In other words, there was a passion for building the house of God. And uh, I really want to honor those who had vision and stood in the past when we had nothing but debts and said, we'll stand here with you. We believe that God could do something great. So you're standing here 
on the, virtually on the, the back of what other people sacrificed years ago. In 1985, there were thousands of dollars of debt. The previous pastor was owed thousands. The church was pretty well bankrupt. The coffee bar we had was uh, on the verge of closing down, and uh, the buildings were about to be sold up. We had a small building. But people dared to believe that if we bought the presence of God, that something would change. And my focus, I didn't really want to do except to pray, bring the presence of God, and just be generous to people. And that's the spirit of the work. That's what we built with. And I've never stopped it. We make generosity intentional in our life, intentional to people, intentional in the house of God. And God has blessed it. A couple of weeks ago, we were sharing how uh, Cornelius, it says, when God was looking for somewhere to visit in the New Testament, who would he come upon? And he found a man, and it says of him that he uh, prayed. He was a praying man, a man who believed and put God first in his life. It said he was a man who gave generously to the poor. Even though he wasn't a Jew and was excluded by them, he saw in his heart that God was on this people, and he gave. And this is not only that, he fasted. And what I love is how God honors it when he says, the angel appears to him, he has a visitation from God. People want a visitation from God. They don't understand you build an atmosphere for Him to come. It doesn't just happen. You actually build an atmosphere, and the atmosphere is sustained through prayer, through giving, through fasting, through worship, through being intentional about loving on God. And this is what it said. It said, the angel said, your almsgiving and your prayers have come up like a big sign or memorial before the Lord, and now He has come to visit you. So one of the great visitations of God into the earth that came at Pentecost, came or came to the Gentiles, came to a man whose heart was already aligned with heaven. Prayer, fasting, generosity. So I encourage us that we just rethink around this area. When we are born into this world, we are born pretty well with an orphan mentality. What that really means to us is this. We feel afraid there's not enough to go around. We live in fear. We live driven by fear to protect ourselves and to provide for ourselves. There's always, when it comes to money, something crunches our heart. We feel there's a lack all the time. And that, that happens, no matter how much you've got, it can still be there. I've talked to people who are billionaires still gripped with fear because they weren't anchored to God's purpose. And when we're brought into the kingdom, God wants to shift not just our spirit, wants to shift our thinking so that we understand He's our Father. What does that mean? It means number one, God is the source of what we need. He really is the source. So why David wrote and he said, the Lord, the Lord God Almighty is my shepherd and my source, so I never lack anything. Doesn't mean he didn't have hard times or short times, but he said, I have everything I want. It says that those who fear the Lord, then they, they shall lack nothing. So the first thing, when we begin to look at the whole realm of giving and participating in what God's doing, is ask this question, what do I really believe in my heart is my source? If your source is your job, you've got a lot of fear going on in there. You could lose it. If your source is a government pension or something like that, well, there's no never going to be enough. See, if our source is people, we're always going to live fearful. But if God is our source, His resources are unlimited. His ways to help us are unlimited. But there is a heart shift from struggling and leaning on my own ability and starting to trust this part of my life to the Lord. It's one of the big shifts after you get saved is to bring your money under the Lordship of Jesus, trusting He's good, He loves me, He won't take anything from me, He doesn't need anything I've got. He wants me to, he wants me to trust He's my source. And he'll never let me down. I'll never be sure. 
I tell you what, when you get the revelation, God is your loving Father. He is your source. That's His job description as a Father, to provide everything you need while you're doing what He called you to do. Second thing is, if God is my source, then I need to put an action to that. If I believe it in my heart that God provides me everything I need, I need to do something. I need to honor Him. And so when it came to doing the building here, we had no money, I can tell you now. And there was a, a financial crisis in the nation because of the collapse of a big church in Auckland. And so the bank said, no, we're not letting any churches any money. If you, if you really, uh, if you want us to lend you money, we're not going to lend the church money. We're going to lend it to you as a group. And so six couples stood together, put all their resources together and said, well, I remember saying, I said, well, if we believe God's in it, we should put our money behind it. If we believe God called us to do this thing, we should stand and, 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 and stand up and uh, put our money where our mouth is. If we put everything on the line, we, we signed up houses and everything in order that we could guarantee the advancement of the money that we needed at that time. And I just honor those men that did that because it meant we could move immediately into starting. We just got the start. We didn't borrow everything. We just borrowed a little bit to get going. And I can remember us making an offering to the Lord that He would remember us. And we never built past what we had. God just kept the money coming in. Just kept it coming in and we built with what we had. And then it was all over. So we need to honor God. If God is our source, we honor Him. That's why it says in Proverbs, honor the Lord with the first fruits of your, of your income. So he says, when you do that, then you'll never lack. There'll always be overflow. So sometimes we think the other way, we save the last bit that we got that we can spare and give it to God. That's not the first, that's the last. That's called leftovers. I can remember a family inviting us to a meal. And uh, we're pastoring the church, pastoring them. They invite us to a meal, and we're quite happy to go and visit them, have a meal. It was interesting to go to a meal where what was served up was leftovers. In fact, I can remember it after so many, 40 years or something. It tells you the impact it made. To be set out in front of you, just the leftovers. I thought, we've, we've given up our time, we've sacrificed to come and to pray for you and serve you, and you give us yesterday's leftovers. This is just terrible dishonor. And so in the same way with God, we don't give Him our leftovers. We choose to give Him our first. See, so for us, you know, uh, moving in apostolic, we've already done that. We've had three weeks of fasting, and we've sown our first fruits for the year. We did it, we've done it for years. And every year, God blesses us in ways that we can never, I can never foresee. They just come in different ways. So we... Identify God as my source. We then honor Him. And, and so we've had a, week, a period of three weeks prayer and fasting. I know many of you got unanswered prayer, unanswered needs. But why don't you identify them and sow your first fruits offering? An offering for the year. You maybe just give it today and a little bit through the year. It's between you and God. I remember when we faced a crisis with a member of our family, that a desperate miracle, we needed a miracle. Everything was, uh, it was a terrible situation had happened and uh, it looked uh, overwhelming. We had involvements with the police. There were many difficulties we couldn't solve. We cried out to God and we fasted and prayed. One day I was down the South Island, the Lord said, you need to link your prayer and your, and your uh, fasting with an offering. And so I remember exactly where I was and, and I took everything that I had at that time made an offering to the Lord and as I put it before the Lord I said it didn't matter where it was going or what it's, it, this was an offering to the Lord see no, I didn't ask kind of where's the money going I'm giving it to the Lord and the Lord who sees in secret rewards openly so I gave it all to him and I said Lord and I used that very very statement out of Acts 10 Lord I give you this as a memorial to remember us and the situation we can't solve how grieved we are about it. 
And I call upon you to honor your name and to come and visit and touch this family member. And that was done in October and in February. Uh, and this one had a tremendous uh, divine encounter that brought transformation and a total shift. I could never have foreseen it. I couldn't have foreseen it happening. And just God came, just like he did for Cornelius. So I know there'll be people here who've got needs and, and of all kinds. Why don't we today, we've had a period of fasting, we've had a period of praying. Now make our need known to God and bring an offering of some kind. You say, God, I bring this to you. It's a memorial offering to bring back to mind and to memory that I want you to work in my life in a new way this year. Whatever it is. And so this offering, it's going to go to the building of the house, the development of the church, the development of where we are. We want to see a house filled with God's presence. So there it is. Place God as first. Make this your honor of Him as your source for the year. And so you could be believing for promotion. You could be believing for a new job. could be believing for breakthrough with house finance, believing through breakthrough with car. could be a family situation. could be a marriage situation. It doesn't really matter what it is. Be specific in your giving that I'm giving it and I'm honoring the Lord and I have expectation. And so when you sow, do it with generosity and do it with faith. Don't just never do anything reluctantly. The Bible says we're not to give grudgingly because someone talked us up or tried to do something like that. We don't need to do that. But we do it because we understand, actually, I'm identifying God as my source. So he's called us again in seasons to raise our giving, raise what we do, raise our commitment. This is all part of living a godly life and growing from faith to faith to faith. So there it is. Put God as the source. Honor him as the source. Be generous because as a man sows, then he'll reap. Sow generously, we reap generously. So I just love to sow. I love to sow. I can't wait. The things I can't wait to do now sow and fast and pray because God, who sees in secret, rewards openly. I am laying the foundation for my future. So let's lay the foundation for a, an exceeding great future this year of everyone growing to a new level, coming up another level, presence of God coming up another level, the influence of the church growing to another level. We start to break out beyond the, where we are right now. If you're watching online, well, then whatever we're saying here, it applies to you as well. I encourage you to sow. This is a house where God is moving. This is a house that's influencing nations. This is a house that's touching the lives of people. This is a place God loves and chooses to be here. It may well be God speaks to you right now. that You should consider your uh, first fruits offering for this year. Couple it with prayer. Couple it with fasting. And believe for greater things this year. That this year you're not going to live where you were in your comfort zone. You'll break out to a larger place. You'll become more engaging with people, more involved with people, kinder to people, more helping, more generous. It's easy to do. Just make a decision. Say, God, meet me as I step forward in this decision. We wait till we hear from God. We wait till we feel something. God says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. So I say, man, here I come. And, and I find God never fails to respond. Let's just, let's do it extraordinary as we've done it in the past. Yeah. There's a couple of different ways people can do it. We've got an FPOS machine down the back. Uh, there's push pay, there's online. Uh, you may want to just talk about it with your husband or your wife and think about it during the week. Uh, you may want to do it all now. You may want to stack it out during the, uh, over the week or over the course of the year. Just whatever your heart, the Lord moves your heart. That's how you give. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you today for amazing that work that you've done in and around our lives. Father, we thank you for this house. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you do want to make our heart your home and you want to dwell amongst us and you want to bless our lives. Father, pray right now, Lord, that you would speak to every person's heart today in Jesus' name from the, uh, to our young ones, Lord. Speak into their hearts, Lord, the students, to every business owner, 
every heart in this place today, I pray in Jesus' name. And Father, we give you all the honour and all the glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. What we'll do is we'll take up the offering, and some of you will have already to give. Some will give online. Some will give a little later. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. You just make your decision right now. I want us to stand. We're going to sing the song at the end. I want to pray an apostolic blessing upon every family, every household, every finance to decree enlargement. Ready? Come on, let's stand. Let's worship the Lord together. and 
thank you. Thank you so much for your generosity. Thank you for coming today. And I uh, really do pray and believe that God will just really move in your life. And don't, forget, don't forget to show hospitality. Be kind to somebody during the week. As you show generosity, as you give and bless somebody during the week, just be aware of the presence of God flowing through your life and touching them, touching those people. Amen. Love you.